This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to uh, this week's Boxing Preview. Every Friday we give you a show that previews all the action that's coming up this weekend. Um, this does seem a little bit like deja vu to uh, to me and Nick because we sat in the studio last week and we were writing our notes and getting all our stats ready for Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, and just as we're about to step into the studio to record about Billy Joe Saunders... Um, the fight's off. Again. 2016's been a minging year for this boy, hasn't it? Absolutely minging. He wins the title against Andy Lee in uh, December 2015, a year ago. And we don't see him in action for another 12 months. <sighs> what can we say about that, man? I mean, when you become a world champion, you want to be as active as possible. And therefore, at this point of the year, you want to be talking about super fights. Whereas he's talk- we're talking about a geezer that most people would have to Google to find out a little bit about in Arta Akovov. Yeah, it's a massive come down when you've spent part of the year calling out the likes of Golovkin and people like that. And you know, I feel I feel for Billy Joe right now because it's, he just can't catch a break. You know, I just pray that nothing happens in the next forty-eight hours before the fight actually due to take place. Because you know, I want to uh, I, I, I want to see Billy Joe fight this year. Unfortunately, you know, the kid just needs to get more active. You know, we were uh, thing with Billy Joe is this he beat. Um, Eubank Jr. Yeah, Eubank Jr. is getting all is being the one linked with all the big title shots. Yeah. He's he's the one who's being linked with everything. Billy Joe's just completely gone off our radar. You know, he needs to defend this world title belt. He needs to look impressive doing it on Saturday as well. Which it's not going to be easy now after Akovov, you know, the cock up with his with his uh, medical or whatever well, that, it was. We're led do you to know believe. something? What is that? I mean, I said this on last week's show. Yeah, what is all this about? And this doesn't. I love Frank Warren. I love the Box Nation family. I love everything that they're doing with the deal with BT. But this just doesn't look good no. when you've got the Jazza Dickens and Rigo fight falling through because of papers. Then you've got this falling through because, you know, he's put his forms back in in Russian. Do they, does this, I mean, you, t- you talk to me, you've been in this game a lot longer than me. T- tell me, what is the process with that? Why is that not done earlier? Why have we got an admin team that's on it? Yeah, the problem is that a lot of these foreign fighters, even for world title fights, I'm afraid, will fly in with four to five days before the fight. And, uh, you know, it can be tough then to make sure their paperwork is all in, you know, all in order. Uh, why they don't send the paperwork in advance, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be the way things are done. You know, people are just, they, they, these, these fighters just basically fly in and hand over their documents on arrival. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, it seems like Akhavov must have landed pretty late last week for it not to be able to be sorted out in time. Um, and unfortunately, that's what's caused the fight to be pushed back to pushed back to Saturday night, you know. So um, the main thing is it never got cancelled. You know, the main thing is we've got ourselves a fight. Billy Joe is going to fight in 2016, fingers crossed. And, um, you know, it's uh, on paper... Akovov's a decent opponent for him as well. It's a mark and time opponent. Don't get me wrong. Towards bigger things in 2017, we hope. But it's a it's a legit guy with a half decent record, and um, you know he should be he should be a live opponent if nothing else. Um, how far? We we again these these are all things that we've been speaking about for quite some time about Billy Joe Saunders and I'm just watching a video of his last appearance against Andy Lee when he became the world champion yeah. just to remind myself of what this kid actually does he's ridiculously talented really really talented is Billy Joe Saunders and the thing I think that has 
maybe annoyed a few fans this year is because of the amount of time that he has spent on social media calling out those other guns that you've just been mentioning there. And for him not to be in the ring, I think is it, it rubs people up the wrong way. I mean, I'm all for calling people out and getting leery and, and shouting people to pieces, as we've been talking about with Bell, you and Hair. Yeah. I'm all for that. But you've got to back it up by being in the ring in order to stay relevant. Because if you're not doing your actual day job, people just go, oh, I can't be arsed anymore, mate. You know what I mean? And all right, you've had injuries, you've had uh, opponents pull out, you've had yeah. uh, all paperwork issues, all these types of things. So therefore, 2016 is one to write off. You've got to be in the ring doing the business. And this geezer at the weekend, Arta uh, Akovov, doesn't really wet the whistle. So is the pressure on him to go in there and bingo this kid early? Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, there's pressure on him because he's because he's been talking the talk and we've now want to see him make sure that he walks the walk. You know, uh, Akovov isn't a marquee name. He certainly isn't the type of opponent which is... Uh, which is going to get a massive headline. So the only way that Billy Joe is going to generate those headlines is by putting in a massive performance, a real dominant performance, and then going back to the narrative that he's had all year, and that's calling out Golovkin. Straight away. Don't out, mess about. Get course. straight in there. Yeah, straight away. Exactly. You know, that's what he's got to do. He's kind of got to do what Turbo Terry Flanagan did at the weekend. You know, he did it perfectly. He'd done a, he'd done a number on a lesser opponent. He got on the mic and he said, right, and he, and he associated himself with the best fighter in the weight class and uh, Lomachenko, the best fighter from the weight class below. He was talking about moving up. That's what you've got to do. Put yeah. your name in the frame with these the th- guys. The thing, the thing is, right, Billy Joe Saunders is in probably a, a more stronger position than Terry Flanagan is. The reason being is because Golovkin's called him out. Yeah. He wants that WBO belt. He wants it. And I think he would take that fight over anybody else because he has this dream of unifying um, the, the middleweight division. He wants all the belts. That's what well, he that's wants. It. Well, Golovkin's got what now? WBC, IBF, IBO. You know, he's got most of the belts anyway. So that that's, that's the type of opponent you can go for. And listen, that would be perfect for... Uh, coming back to Tabo Terry, which we were talking about earlier in the week on the on the review show, where I was saying I'd love to see Tabo Terry Flanagan fight in the US. F- for me, Billy Joe Saunders against Golovkin is a big fight for the US or for Monaco. You know, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big event. It's a pay per view event, and that would be ideal to get Tabo Terry on the undercard, chief support, defending mm. his belt as well. I think there's a massive opportunity there for Team Frank Warren to make that happen. Well, what, what about but we here? won't could, know could, until could, Saturday night? Yeah where Billy Joe's head is, because don't forget, yes, he was calling out Golovkin all year and everything else, but he was calling out Golovkin after he'd fought, after, after the deal. Dominic Wade fight had been it was, had been announced. Yeah. Then after he beat Dominic Wade, we heard nothing. We heard nothing from Billy Joe, but we heard plenty from Chris Eubank Jr. He almost got the fight. As we know, he didn't sign it in the end. Kel Brooks signed it. After Kel Brooks signed it, suddenly we heard from Billy Joe again. And you're like, well, wait a minute. You've got to, if you really want to fight with Golovkin, you've got to call him out when Golovkin is unmatched. Golovkin is presently unmatched. Do it now. Billy Joe, well, he's got to win big on Saturday night and he's got to put his money where his mouth is and go, right, I want Golovkin and I want him next. Frank, I'll tell you I what, think, he'll get it. I think Frank, Frank will make that happen here. I don't think he's going to go to the States with that. I don't think it'll be anywhere else other than the UK, especially with what we've been talking about on previous shows. Uh, with this BT deal. There's enough money there now to be able to attract Golovkin to come to that fight and do that on BT Sport next year. What, a, what an amazing way to announce... Oh, man. The, the first, you know, the first blockbuster event British on BT Bl- Sport. Yeah, oh, can you imagine? Exactly. But, but Billy Joe against Golovkin, you know, you could argue that could be even be a pay-per-view event. You know, they were talking about this deal with BT Sport and Box Nation would also open up an opportunity to do a bit of pay-per-view. 
well, that could well be a pay-per-view, especially if you get the likes of Tabo Terry, maybe even Beefy Smith on if the they, If they if play this right, I mean, they've got some great fights of, uh, of Box Nation at the start of next year. For, for example, yeah. they've got Leo Santa Cruz and Carl Frampton Part 2, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's interested in that. If, that, if they'd simulcast that with BT... Give give that to the fans for nothing. It's, it's an American fight. It's only in the middle of the night. Give them for nothing, right? So people stay up, they watch that, they catch the bug. They think, bloody hell, this is a bit of all right. Yeah. Uh, you've got a couple of others that are lined up that they might be able to jump on. For example, uh, Keith Thurman, Daddy Garcia, they might jump on that. Maybe Sky will outbid them for that. I don't know. Uh, but then by your, by your Aprils and your Mays, you should be in a position to be able to cross over and say, right, we have got this fight now on Box Nation, and it, you're right, it could be a pay-per-view event. If they have Golovkin, the guy that they remember from the Kell Brook fight, mm-hmm. against Billy Joe Saunders, who, let's say, maybe they get him out early doors next year to fight somebody and put him on the BT so people get a little bit of a whiff of him, that is a pay-per-view fight. People will pay for that particular fight because it's a unification of the middleweight division. Exactly. But the fundamental thing that you just pointed out there is Billy Joe being more active. Not only has he got to win big on Saturday night, potentially he's got to win big at the start of next year as well to set something up for later on in the year against Golovkin. The Golovkin fight, as you just pointed out, that's there for him. Golovkin wants all the belts, so that fight is potentially there for him. Saturday night we find out how serious Billy Joe is in terms of ever fighting Golovkin or whether he's just using Golovkin's name to promote himself. Um, also on the bill in Paisley in Scotland this weekend is uh, a man that shares the same surname as me. Now, there's loads of people that tweet me on a regular basis saying, how's your lad doing? <laughs> Fuck off, you cheeky bastards, right? <laughs> I'm, th- I'm only 35. <laughs> He's in his mid-20s, is Jack Catterall, and, and we're not related. We're, kind of, we're actually from near enough the same town as well. I was going to say, you're, you're both from up Lan- Lancashire. Yeah, He's a Chorley boy, and I'm Blackburn, which is just down the road from each other. I wouldn't be surprised if there is some connection somewhere down the line. But to the best of my knowledge, my dad's not been playing away anywhere, right? That's the best of my knowledge. He's got he's got similar, well, when I had her, he's got similar features and her as me. There's definitely something in the water. Anyway, I like this kid. Me too. Even though we have the same surname, irrelevant of that, I, I like the kid. He's 16 and all. He is... He's tearing everybody to pieces. And now we're, we're going to have maybe, not an argument, because he did your mate. He did Tom Stalker, and he did a real good number on Tom Stalker. Yeah. He did, yeah. Um, this kid, for me, is one of those that we've been speaking about recently that's going to benefit from the crossover into mainstream TV from Box Nation because he's been doing all his work on Box Nation. Nobody really knows about him. When he, you stick him on BT against somebody decent in that particular weight category, that Southpaw stance, the way that he goes about his business, man, he is, he's top class. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's on, and he's on the fringe of getting a world title shot as well. I think he's this WBO interim belt or whatever that he's defending on Saturday night. I think he's already made a couple of defences of it mm. already. So he's, he's established as a as a super lightweight, uh, light welterweight, whatever, whatever, you're, whatever you're poison. And listen, for me, a big performance on Saturday night, it, it, it leads to only one thing, doesn't it? He's in the right place for it. Who's he going to call out? In the middle of Scotland, the big number. No, he's gonna. He's got. He's got to call out Ricky Burns. Of course he has. Of course he's got to call out Ricky Burns. Massive opportunity for him. But this is a. It's a. Again, what I like about him is it. He's. He's. Um, he, he likes to travel as well. You know, Catrell. From what I've heard, he, he likes to get around the gym. Oh, you're talking about well. him now. Wait, oh yeah, yeah I'm talking got, to me. No, I've come back to Catrell. So, so, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, that's yeah. What I mean. it's confusing. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my head's battery. Uh, young Jack. 
that's it. Come do back that. to young Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good kid. You know, he, he gets out. He, he does a lot of sparring on the road. You know, he's he's a he's a real student of the game, and I think that's been reflective in his performances. Mm. Uh, you know, he's really started to put his shots together now. You know, he's not looks, like you just said. He's not frankly going in somebody's backyard. You know what I mean? He went to Tom Stalker. He went to that was at the Echo. Echo Arena. Yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's a a, um, a massive home crowd for the opponent. And he went in there and he had, no disrespect to Tom. We love Tom, but he dismantled him. That no, night. he did. Yeah, he yeah, absolutely he dismantled him. Yeah, he was outstanding. And I think he's been well matched at the moment. I think he's fighting a lot of foreign opponents. You know, they know what they're doing with him. They're building him the right way and. I just think Catchell this weekend, he's the one to watch. If you're, if you're a Fife fan, like you're not too familiar with this card uh, from Scotland on Saturday night, just make sure, you, make sure you're comfortable for Jack Catchell because mm. the kid's going places. Do you think that he maybe lacks, I mean, we haven't seen this as of yet, that one-punch knockout yeah. power? I mean, he's a, he's a worker, isn't he? He gets a lot of TKOs. He works people down and there's a not lot of shots coming back the other way. He is, but that's not necessarily a bad thing at this no, age. No, not at all. You know, not he's, at only, all. he's only 23. He's only a baby anyway. So, you know, that that can come in time. And as, as you know, the likes of Terry Flanagan and people like that have proven, Liam Smith, the better the opponent, the bigger the opportunity, the better the performance. Yeah, fair play. You know, and, and when, when Liam Smith got his shot at a world title belt, he just ran with it. And he just looked absolutely outstanding as a world champion. He just completely took his game to another level. And I see that in Jack Cattrall. I see that in him. I think when the opportunity comes, he's going to be ready for it. And, uh, you know, I fancy him to win a world title belt. And I tell you now, you know, if I was in Cattrall's corner the weekend, if we get to Zandres on, uh, tomorrow night, I'd, I'd, I'd be saying to him, listen, we're in the right place. Do they, it. They'll boo. <laughs> they'll boo you, the jocks, and we'll probably have to fight our way out of here. But call out Ricky Burns. There's an opportunity there. No, absolutely, man. Uh, and and by the way, Jack, if you are listening to this show, because I know that you re- retweet a lot of our stuff because of that Catterall love that you've got for me, my friend. Um, um, okay, even though I'm denying that I'm not your dad at this moment in time, that people are uh, 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 insinuating that they are. If you do become world champion and make a million quid, of course there is some family tie there, and you've got to look after your own. Okay, <laughs> you've got to take care of business, brother. Okay, are we after more competition tickets? Maybe, maybe, yeah, exactly, maybe. Yeah. Um, my man Paul Butler fights Come on, then. on Saturday man, night as well. We talked yeah, about yeah. my man. Let's talk about your man, the baby-faced assassin, the man that you named. He is back in action. This is what he we is. like to see. Regularity. He's been That's out it. the ring. He's back in again. Good stuff. Exactly. Fought back in October. First uh, first fight with the, with Joe Gallagher in his corner, of course, since he transitioned to the gym up there and uh, you know <clears throat> up Manchester ways. And uh, you know it's looking good for him. This uh, he's fighting a guy who's a natural super bantam. This weekend, so again, it's another feeling out fight for him in this bantamweight division. But it's not going to be long before Paul Butler gets back in the world title mix. You know, I think this is a this is the stepping stone opponent that he needs a big, strong super bantamweight that's hopefully going to give him some some good rounds in the tank, and then uh, upwards and onwards for a bantamweight title shot in 2017 for Paul Butler. He wants Haskins, mate, and I'm led to believe that Haskins is being matched up with some geezer out in Japan or China, somewhere in Asia at this moment. Don't quote me on that. I apologise to people. Well, I don't know. I don't know, mate. Why take your world title belt out to Japan when there's a a, a cracking opponent on your own doorstep, you know? Don't get me wrong. I I don't know whether Haskins is getting crazy money out there, but, you know, people tend to... world World champions don't take their belt to Japan and, A, make a lot of money, or B often bring it back. Mm. So it's a, it's a strange one for Haskins because, as I say, there's plenty of good opponents still in the UK. The McDonald, you know, Paul Butler. It's a surprising one. If he goes, if he heads out there to defend his belt, uh, that'll be a surprise, a defo. 
it's happening on New Year's Eve. Oh, is it? It's a booked. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just che- I'm just checking right Sorry. because I wanted to know who the opponent was. Uh, it's happening in Kyoto. I don't know where Kyoto is. It's in. It's somewhere in Japan. Um, and he's fighting a geezer called Shohei Amori. There's my pronunciation. And uh, and according to this, it is booked for New Year's Eve. Mm. It is baffling that why he's taking that on. I mean, the kid that he's fighting is actually quite dangerous. You know, seventeen wins, twelve knockouts. He has been beaten previously before the kid. But I don't know why that's happening. I'm just trying to see if it's a mandatory. Um, he's been forced to do it. I don't think he has. He's the world champion. He wouldn't be forced to go over to Japan, would he? No, but then if it's gone to if it's gone to purse bids, you know, if the IBF have, have have insisted on that fight taking place, if Amori is the number one contender, then obviously it goes to promotional purse bids. And if uh, you know if the if the Japanese kids' prom- promotion has offered the most money, yeah. then, then I'm afraid that's where it goes. Well, but- this kind of to be fair, if he comes through that Lee Haskins and he does the business, and hopefully he does. Because of the time that he is fighting at the end of December, the way that obviously at the start of December Paul Butler's fighting, it will it would suit quite nicely for them to be matched up at the start of next year. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. It's just you know it's it's a long way it's a long way to go to defend a world title belt, isn't it? You know, to Japan and maybe he just fancies doing something different for New Year. That's what it is, isn't it? He thought yeah, he'd take maybe. a fighting, take a pair day in at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's a strange one. You see, I never get this, me, right? I know that the fighters and they've got to earn a few quid and all this type of stuff, but I would... I would. It's like Bisping in, in the world of UFC when they were talking about him maybe fighting in January. James DeGale is, is scheduled to fight it uh, on the 14th of January, yeah? We know that against Badu Jack. And I know it's a big world title um, unification fight, but I'd say, whoa, no, I enjoy my turkey dinner. I enjoy a party over Christmas, me. No chance. You can put it put it back to March, right? I'll start my camp in, in January like everybody else. Everybody's on a diet in, in January. It's a lot easier to start camp, isn't it, when everybody else is doing it? <laughs> you can't start camp when everybody's opening the presents and getting knee-deep in cranberry sauce, mate, can you? It'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Oh, sack that. Oh, that must be the worst gig as a, as a fighter. Well, that one as well, you know, to take that fight, Haskins is going to have to be in Japan for Christmas. You know, if he's gonna, if can he get a flight? flight on New Year's he Eve, might have to go early. He might not be able to get a flight have, out there. You know that's what I mean? What I mean, he's gonna have to be. He'd have to go Haskins and the whole Haskins camp just to get acclimatized. They're gonna need at least a fortnight in Japan, at least if they're doing it properly. Uh, you know, you'd want to do at least maybe even three, maybe even four weeks because of the culture shock and because it's so far away. So it's uh, he's gonna be spending Christmas Day eating sushi rolls. Oh, bullshit, bullshit. It's. it's uh, I hope he's getting a fucking career best payday for that one. Not for me, that mate. No, I like turkey, cranberry just, sauce. I'm just looking at that in. card as well. It's not even top of the bill. That Jonathan Guzman's top of the bill for the defending his it IBF. Is. I wonder Super why he's title, doing it. So. I wonder why he's doing it. Like you said, there must be a boatload of cash involved, or he just fancies a little bit of a trip out to Japan for New Year. Yeah, maybe. We should, maybe when we release this show, we should send a message to Lee and ask him why the fuck are you going to Japan? <laughs> defend your world title belt on New Year's Eve. In fact, could you sacrifice do that? your Christmas roasties yeah. and your sprouts? If, you, if you're if you're listening to the show right now and you're familiar with this fight, maybe you know a little bit more about it than we do. Yeah, could yeah. you could you just tweet Lee Haskins? That'd be wonderful, and just ask him why the fuck he's giving up his Christmas dinner to go to Japan. Why yeah. is why is he doing that? For if, chief support shot defending his world title. Weird. 
Uh, now, there are other fights going on this weekend, including the likes of Denis Lebedev, and we would have spoke about it if we thought that Tony Bellew was going to fight Denis Lebedev, but we know what's happening there now. Uh, Tony Bellew is stepping up in weight class to take on David Hay, which we spoke about on Wednesday's show. If you want a little bit of a rundown on that, a mini rundown, we're not going too deep on it at this moment in time with the fight not happening until March. Um, have a little bit of a look back. It's there for you. It's waiting for you uh, this week. It is the episode that is titled No Mass. See what I did there? Just playing on, obviously, Nicholas Walters uh, stepping out of the ring after uh, seven rounds of getting embarrassed against Vasil Lomachenko. Um, the other talking point this week away from actual fight matchups. I know that this show is there for previewing stuff that's coming up, uh, but I suppose this is a preview, is the Sports Personality of the Year. Uh, now, 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 if you're BBC. if you're listening to this and you are not UK based, you've no probably no idea what we're talking about. Each year in the UK, right, the BBC, one of our uh, um, broadcasting channels here, uh, create a short list of sports people that they want to honour as the best sports person uh, for the calendar year. And they they come from all different places: Olympians, footballers, boxers, obviously. They all make this list. Um, now, the, every year, there's yeah, always... Yeah, the boxer's an amateur. The boxer's an Olympian. Yeah, but what it's I'm basically saying... Yeah. Olymp- basically, what BBC Sports Personality of the Year is, it's a fucking lineup of sports people that have actually competed on, on the, the BBC. BBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a load of wank. Absolutely. So, therefore, if you've won something on Sky Sports, if you've won something on BT, if you've done it on ITV, all these channels that, have, that exist here in the UK, you're not going to look in because they favour everybody that happens on the B- BBC. Um, now I'm, I'm 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 gobsmacked at this really because the whole I put something out on our social media I think was it Friday night that it got announced yeah yeah Friday night yeah it all gets announced and um, Nicola Adams is on there fair play to Nicola obviously our Olympian two time gold medalist dead delighted for her but as you just said she's an amateur and she won her stuff on the BBC hence her being celebrated and to be honest look at the field do you know what I mean. How many, how many flyweight female amateur boxers is there on the planet? Mm. So, let's have a little bit of... But you when, know, you, I, when I, you compare it to other people that do what we are talking about in the world of fight sports, her achievement is fantastic. But you compare it... I mean, you could even compare it to Anthony Joshua becoming the heavyweight champion of the world this year after after his... Uh, after 14 fights? Or yeah, and, it, and fights. after all his Olympic exploits as well. Fantastic culmination of becoming uh, the best in the business in the uh, uh, as the IBF heavyweight world champion. That happened earlier on this year. But the one for me that sticks out, and, the, and this bugs me, yeah, is the Carl Frampton one. Carl Frampton has had an unbelievable year. For me, he's the British fighter of the year. Boxer of the year, yeah. Without any shadow of a doubt. Two-weight yeah. world champion. He's fighting yeah. against Quigg at the start of the year. I thought he put on a masterclass. He's fighting against Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, go, both of those in somebody else's backyard. He's not done it in Ireland. He's done it in his own in, in everybody else's backyard and, and taken the titles off him. How he's not on that shortlist. I'm not saying he's going to win it because everybody knows that the BBC always give it to Andy Murray. It's the Andy Murray sports personality of the year, right? He's going to win that, the tennis player. Exactly. But why is he not even acknowledged? And why is Michael Bispin not even acknowledged? Exactly. From the world of UFC, for those that are unaware, that he's the first British-born UFC world champion ever. And he Took achieved a fight that. at two weeks' notice. And he achieved that this year. Why is he not on the shortlist? I'm not saying exactly. win it, but put him on the shortlist, acknowledge it. Why? Because it didn't happen on the BBC. It is bollocks. It is. And, uh, you know, it's BBC shooting themselves in the foot, to be honest with you, because I certainly won't watch that. I think it's just a pile of crap. Uh, I've got no interest in watching that at, at all because it's complete farce. You know, there's 
don't get. I'm, listen, I'm not trying to knock what the 16 people on the shortlist achieved. I'm sure if you follow show jumping, you probably do think it's a sport. Fuck. Uh, if you follow it, you probably think it's a sport. If you do a podcast about it, you're probably as passionate <laughs> as we are. It's not a sport. Uh, it's a load of bollocks. Uh, and why is you know, even even as people that we can relate to, the Olympians that have been brilliant. You know, I love the Olympics. I watched every event. I'm a massive swimming fan. I loved it all. You know, again, I've just tried to pour, just poured a little bit of cold water on Nicola Adams' achievement there. But like it or not, she's a two two time Olympic champion. Fantastic. Why is Jamie Mott Vardy in there? You yeah. know, Leicester City because he scored he scored in eleven games on the spin, mate. Yeah, That's but why Leicester he's in City there. won the league, not Jamie Vardy. It's just it's just a load of bollocks, you know. And okay, let's talk about they haven't even revealed a shortlist. I don't know whether they do, whether they just give it away. International Sports Person of the Year this year mm. again, fight sports. It's got to be Conor McGregor. The key word there is personality. Man. There's no bigger sports personality on the planet right now. But he the, didn't do anything I, on the BBC, mate. Exactly. I immediately on Friday night, the first thing I thought of because I've been obviously been I've been working, so I've been writing about UFC all day. The first thing I thought of was Bisping. I thought, my God, if Bisping can't even get shortlisted after the year he's had, this is not. Carl Frampton, I'll come back to Carl Frampton, but Carl Frampton is a shooting star. The kid is a world-class talent, and this was the year he arrived, and there's bigger and better things to come. Categorically, he should have been 100% shortlisted because he's the best UK boxer in 2016. No doubt about it. Joshua, there's certainly an argument that he should have been shortlisted as well. Yeah. In terms of both guys who are on the way up, both guys who are achieving their destiny of what it's hoped they will achieve. Bisping's different. Bisping, Bisping isn't even in the equation at the start of the year. This is a guy that had no business winning the, even fighting for the UFC belt, never mind winning it. But not only did he win it, he defeated the formerly greatest fighter of all time to get that belt, to get the shot. He only got the shot at two weeks' notice and he knocked out someone who everyone thought was going to dominate for years. And he's just defended the belt back in Manchester at five o'clock in the morning in one of the craziest fights you'll ever see. So, And he's the first Brit to ever do it. It's just, what are you... And then, so then he gets overlooked for a, a guy who rides horses over fences. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I think the BBC are an absolute farce. I think anyone that pays their BBC license fee is a nut. Do you know the only reason I pay my BBC license fee? Because Planet Earth 2 is on at the moment. And I'm like, okay, take, to be all, fair, it's take worth, all my money. To be fair, it's this worth is awesome. the license fee alone, isn't it? This it is, is awesome. Wicked. How the fuck do they film that shit? It's amazing. Is it, it Absolutely is amazing. amazing. They, they like, were doing a see-through frog about two weeks I ago, weren't they? Did you see that? It's the business, man. That's, a, that's the only reason I let my wife pay our bill for the BBC, because I know... David, Mr. Attenborough is going to pull something. Listen, when when he falls off his perch, and by the way, we will have a nation in mourning Three when morning. that happens. Oh my God. But when it eventually happens, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't, but I will no longer pay my BBC licence fee. I will no longer pay because of shite like this, sports personality of the year, the usual lineup of also runs behind Andy Murray. It's a load of bollocks. I'm pissed off, man. I'm pissed off with it. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but Nick's annoyed. Um, we will be back on, uh, on on Wednesday. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you want to join in any of our conversations, including winding Nick up about, obviously, Sports Personality of the Year, you're more than <laughs> welcome to do so. Uh, go to at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come and join the conversation, and we'll catch you next week. Make sure you subscribe, by the way. Go to fightdisciples.com. Next week, it is all about 
Anthony Joshua. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.